In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Not another true crime podcast. It's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. We have been taken out by COVID over here. <laughs> I mean, Danny's not okay. to be a trendsetter. I had it in December. Well, I mean, I guess now I can get it again. Uh, but yes, Sarah and Jorge, you guys are down for the count. So apologies in advance for my voice. In my own ears, I'm like, ooh, it's it's a little sultry, but I'm sure I sound <laughs> just nasally as fuck. I mean, it is the freaky thing. I feel like I, now it's back to literally March 2020 recordings where I'm like, I've been hearing a lot of people getting it again. And I'm like, I, 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 I don't, I, I. I I'm beat down. I'm beat down. I am not getting I wear my mask again. when I go to CVS. Yeah, uh-uh. Like, I cannot be down for another no. week. Like, I'm not doing this again. It's one-time-only deal. You got the one with the no taste and no smell. You know what? It's kind of fun. Like, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Part of my brain, it's like a... I'm just... Everything is like a taste test. But it does take <laughs> some of the joy out of eating. That Oh. But soup. Soup really hits. And that's the only joy in life, is eating. And that's what... Yeah. I don't because no, well, so one of my one of my friends who ha- it's like they were like everything tastes metal and I'm like Ew. that would be my hell and I'd be the one person to like gain weight eating metal because I'm be like <laughs> I'm not gonna stop snack <laughs> like I can't change my snacking right. habits just because I can't taste it I don't do it to taste yeah no actually that's been my biggest struggle because literally I'm constantly grabbing snacks throughout the day but like if I yeah. can't even taste it I I reach and then I'm like well what's the point so. But and it's funny because yesterday I was like, "Ooh, I could I could try black coffee now." And I took a sip of it, and I was like, "Nope, it was like just pure <laughs> acidity." So even still, I'm too much of a baby. And I wonder if like the ac- acidity of it heightens even more with like your situation. I think so. It's interesting. Can you smell? But, um, a little bit. I can taste and smell like a tiny bit. I was saying it's kind of like. Okay. If everything was, if everything I was eating was made by Lacroix, where it's like whisper <laughs> of banana and like a hint of peanut butter or whatever it is, <laughs> so I mean, because it like now I'm so I'm afraid to get it again because like my main joy in life is like eating pad siu and smelling candles yep. I buy, and if <laughs> See? I lose those two, I'm like I, I I'm down for the count. I don't know what yeah. to do, and now it's getting so nice out that I feel everyone's gonna be. It's like. People, it's going to be, it's spring break in the city in the sense of like everyone's just going to be out and about. So um, I guess all we can say is be as safe as we've been the last week. I don't even know. Stay safe out there. Who knows? Stay safe for murderers and COVID. (laughs) Yes. And some shady cryptocurrency if that happens. Yes. Wait, but first I want to say, you know what else is giving us 2020 vibes? Oh my God, what? Oh, wait. We are doing another live show <gasps> at Union Hall. Yes! It's finally Not happening. Sarah will be cured by that. <laughs> oh my God, it's in June, June 5th. Yes. Um, it's at 5 p.m. It's a Sunday, so we can still do Pinot Grigio shots and, and hopefully yes. be functional the next day. 
but I'm I'm so excited. I, I'm so pumped. I know we've been waiting because like we weren't going to like 2021. I was like 2021 we couldn't. 2021 and, and then 2022 got the best of us, but we're so excited to have it finally back at Union Hall. And I love a 5 p.m. on a Sunday because it's nice. Like we so can hard. have our fun, but then like. Home by nine to watch an episode of SVU and like be in bed for Monday. Like that's my 100%. dream. <laughs> so guys, please buy tickets. Come support us. Um, don't wait. Last time the show sold out. We had people from yes. Texas. We I had, guess. You guys were the best. You were flying in all over. So get your tickets at betches.co slash N-A-T-C live. Ooh, we love a custom. Yes. Yeah, so buy them because we also want to start. We want to now that. You know, I've, like live shows are back. We want to start making them more a routine thing. And the best way that makes uh, Union Hall say, you know who was fun? Danny and Sarah. <laughs> is if we sell this bitch out and it's like the time of our lives. And we're already prepping it, even though it's a little bit away. And we just can't wait. I'm so excited. So we'll see you there. Um, can't wait for that. And other than that, I feel like we could just get into this app. We, we can get... Well, I guess we should... I mean... The one little update, because I think we did this episode in 2020. We have to do the full update that um, didn't um, Shari Papini gave us a little update. Oh, my God. Did she yes. plead guilty? She, yes. Someone did DM us on Not Another True Crime on Instagram. She's pleading guilty. She's like, the jig is up. You guys got me. Mm-hmm. So that's it. She faked her kidnapping. Yeah, she said it was all a hoax. She's getting a plea deal. Because yeah. I mean, sounds then, about yeah. white. Yeah, no, exactly. She's like, oh, I spent all your guys' money and, like, made, like, a, like a targeted uh, minority group that, like I said, kidnapped me. Sorry. And, um, that was so nuts. So what's I wonder her if she's t- sentence going to be, do you think? Or did they say? I mean, I don't even... Um, let's see. Oh, she has to pay more than $300,000 in restitution to the agencies that investigated the hoax <laughs> and provided her victim compensation as part of a plea agreement. But is she doing any time? I don't think so. I mean, dang. All right. Yeah, well, so yeah. So um, I mean, uh, oh, so the government has agreed to recommend that she get sentenced to the low end of the sentencing guideline, which was uh, a maximum of five years in prison and everything like that. So okay. that's going to be determined by the court. So maybe okay. I don't. Maybe. I could see her, like, with six months, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, maybe she'll get, like, a little Felicity Huffman <laughs> special. 28 days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, oh, my God. But talk about a girl who was good in and out, and then we had Lori Lachlan, who I also have forgotten about. They really lucked out. Those are probably the people that are like, oh, my God, thank God for COVID. Because now I'm like, what? Oh, my God. I'm her like, and, I, and them and I thought Hilaria, about USC? except... Yes. Except we still talk about Ilaria, but I feel like that was also a little bit before COVID, right? Or was that during it? That was anymore. during when we were clinging to anything because it was oh, December you know 2020. What? That was right before the insurrection, so never mind. But she, she yes, had a little was, distraction. It, yeah, she got a little distraction. And it was the insurrection and also Army Hammer being a cannibal, which... Um, oh, yeah. Talk about perks of being born rich. Oh, God. Don't forget you're a cannibal. Facts. He's gonna be like Jimmy Seville. It's gonna be like when he's dead. Like people are gonna be like, no, yeah, he did eat people. And we're like, great, that helps now. <laughs> but like, first an hour and a half montage of like how hot he is and how like good yeah. of, oh. and, and how famous he was or whatever. Like that documentary. Literally, I think we are gonna cover that in a later episode, guys. So if you haven't watched the Jimmy Seville on Netflix, 
check it out and let us know if you want us to cover it because if you guys but all also hate trigger it, we'll... warning like child sex abuse so it's it's a it's very oh. disturbing um yeah yeah kind of is yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a roof one and it comes out of nowhere because the first hour like you said it just like everyone just like oh my god he was great i'm like what? yeah it's nuts <laughs> i was like am i watching the wrong doc it's truly but we did watch another doc that really yes. loved this doc because it kept us on our toes and it was an hour and 20 minutes long i think so it we really love- came in clutch it was crypto king yes quick and easy it was uh what is it trust no one the hunt for the crypto king on netflix yes yeah, which so. I said they should call "Fear No Man, Trust No Crypt," but I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not at the documentary department of Netflix, so here oh we God. are. Not yet, anyway. A dream. That is so funny. So it's about this uh, crypto king, I suppose, by the name of Jerry Cotton, and honestly, that looks. That is just like, sounds like a fake name to me. I don't know why. It really, yeah. I mean. Jerry, I've never met a Jerry with a G who's real, I don't think. I, I guess a Gerald. Think that I have. But have I met a Gerald? A Gerald. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Was he real? Not since Hey Arnold. <laughs> I actually do know Gerald, but we don't talk about him, just like Bruno. Um, we don't talk about <laughs> Gerald. That's precisely. Our, not another true crime is making a musical. Precisely. So uh, our man. Gerald Cotton went by Jerry, and Jerry grew up in Belleville, which is a waterfront community between Toronto and Montreal that was called the Friendly City. And I just have to say... Already obsessed. I mean, I'm already obsessed, but I'm like... Like that, you must be the friendliest of the friendly if you are in Canada and you're being, like, called out for your friendliness. That's true. We don't have a friendliest city in Jersey. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't think we have it in the U.S. (laughs) Or just like, here's no. this place where you might not get cursed at on the street. Little, you know what? I would say New Hope in Pennsylvania is probably the friendliest city. I could see that. And that's or a like small Amish town country, on a walk. <laughs> yeah. That's Friendly so for some. Yeah, who knows? But yeah. yeah, Canada's winning over here. So um, Jerry's parents owned an antique store. Also, he had Crohn's disease, which is like an autoimmune disease, mm-hmm. right? That will be relevant later. Yeah. So um, Jerry graduated with a bachelor's from York University's School of Business in Toronto in 2010. I couldn't pronounce the name of the person the school is named after. So I'm just going to bloop right over it. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe Skulik, but who the fuck knows? So anyway, after graduating, Jerry moved from Vancouver and became involved in this local meetup of like Bitcoin and crypto enthusiasts because like Bitcoin actually started... A while ago like it it started well before that whole boom in like 2016 it has been around which i well i mean the sign of how i'm always late to every tra- i had no clue i thought it just came around well, like very right. recently but people were doing like spoken word poems about it in coffee shops <laughs> in canada they were just like bitcoin <sighs> you know what's this? after the stock even i'm still like i need to i don't what's going on <laughs> yeah no So um, soon Jerry realized that if you wanted to trade Bitcoin in Canada, it was like a pain in the ass and you would incur a lot of transaction fees. And that's because most of the Bitcoin was traded through this Japanese platform called GotX. Um, But Canadian banks didn't really want anything to do with Bitcoin. So you had to go through like a bunch of intermediaries and like all of those would take a cut and like it it just became a, a pain in the ass. 
that confused, I guess, because the banks are international. Because I was like, do you have to pay a transaction rate for like digital money? I didn't really get that. Oh, but yeah. then I also don't really understand how like I have to pay a fee when I go to an ATM that's not my bank's ATM. So I don't know a lot about finance. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I still don't get how Venmo doesn't take a cut of anything. I think one day they're going to just spring it on us and we're all going to be like, oh, well, there's no better way to pay my friend for dinner. So fine. Wait. Oh, you're right. Hey, well, it does that thing now if you want your money ASAP, it charges you, which I'm like, no, take your yes. time. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I don't need this right away. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, my $12 for drinks. You can no, literally. hold on to that Venmo. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so November 13, Jerry and his business partner, a guy named Michael Patron, created Quadriga. I, they pronounce it both ways, Quadriga and Quadriga. So whatever you want, CX. Take your Quadriga pick. It's, it's Delta it, or Omicron. Take your pick. You got <laughs> yeah. a Bitcoin trading platform. And also, I have to say, like, I don't know why these trading platforms don't have cashier names. Like, Quadriga sounds like a freaking medicine that you would see for That's an infomercial. That's true. It, it should have been called, like, take a bit. You know what I mean? Like, a bit, a bite of your <gasps> bit. I mean, I'm just oh saying. Oh, my God. I love it. Take if a bit. If anybody... <clears throat> If I mean, anybody even, like, who's rich wants to help me, yeah. let's do that. We just got to hook up with someone and like, uh, not hook up, but link up with somebody who can create Wait. a trading platform. Wait, but you said hook, you use hook up the way like adults say hook up. I know, I'm a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have actively an icy hot stripe on my back, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So in the fall of 2014, Jerry met a woman named Jennifer Robertson on Tinder and like shouts out Ooh. to a Tinder couple. I, the OG, I mean, not the OG, the OG app dating. Yes. Pretty crazy. Um, and then they later got married. Um, and then also in this time, in February 2014, GotX, which was that Japanese trading platform, which this should have been a little bit of foreshadowing. But so they had $473 million stolen by hackers. So they stopped hmm. operating. Oops, that's a lot. That's a lot of money to get stolen. It's a lot, a lot. And then a even... year later, Canada's biggest exchange also got hacked and had to shut down. And the second largest exchange closed that same week. So basically, Quadriga, Quadriga was it. Like, if you wanted to trade Bitcoin, buy buy Bitcoin, whatever, sell it. Like, and you were in Canada, you had to go here. So at that's it's it's like how yeah it's, yeah it's like how like all like local places shut down and you only got Starbucks as I drink Starbucks but yeah <laughs> yeah so at this point they were doing really well but they it wasn't without their issues so at first they raised almost eight hundred fifty thousand in capital but Jerry backed out on the deal after he got into a dispute with one of the big investors and then mm. the entire board resigned so just Jerry was the only employee <laughs> and just then, Jerry just Jerry. <laughs> And it's like when it's, if Ben and Jerry's ever splits, you get just Jerry. Oh, oh my God, that would scare me. It would scare me. God, I wonder who's better at making ice cream. I'll Google that later. <laughs> and then also a software glitch cost Quadriga $14 million. And then Jerry got in trouble with the British Columbia Securities Commission after he failed to submit an audit. Uh, and they uh, got like, 21 What are all these words? I don't know. And they got $21 million seized because of a bank issue. But that's how much money we are talking with this. It's like $21 million and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it was the major Yeah, platform. oops, a bank fuck up. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
But they still processed billions of dollars in trades and took a cut of each one, which is how like they made money. And about 76,000 people had a Quadriga account. And then just some like little like facts about Jerry. Um, Vanity Fair wrote that he was he always seemed to be smiling, which made him seem lighthearted and put strangers at ease. Um, however, he did always seem to have acquaintances rather than close friends. And I do not That's trust hard. a bitch who does not have close no. friends. The people that are in like 500 like one-off chats, but never in the chat. Yeah, exactly. Or like, I mm-hmm. feel like there's always that person who is constantly like they get a friend, they get really close with them and then they have a falling out and then they move on oh. to the next friend. And it's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't trust that person. Manipulating soul suckers. We've all dealt with them. <laughs> I'm like, wait, for therapy, if you have that person in your life right now, pause the episode for a second, shout, fuck you, that name, and then resume the episode. This is like talk space. I love that, no matter where you are. (laughs) No matter where you are, if you are in your office, shout that loud and proud, and be like, this is what you guys wanted with the hybrid system. I'm working from home and working here, and sometimes I have to shout expletives to former friends. Also, like, I mean, Jerry was balling. They had... Not just a second home, but a third home in wine country, wherever that is in Canada. And um, they also casually owned like a small island, I read, in Vanity Fair. So, um, you know. Yeah. Living life. I do want to say, and I'm basing this only off of the one season of The Bachelor I really did watch. And there was the Canadian girl, Jillian Harris. And she lives on the west side of Canada. And she loves Canadian wine. So maybe it's on the west. Maybe it's near Vancouver. I love Anyone that. from Canada, I mean, you're probably be like, we have take a trip. <laughs> I would love to be in Canada. Oh my god! Yes, uh, we're just like there. We're like, no, she has COVID, but like she can kind of taste. We can go in. They're like, <laughs> get the fuck out. <laughs> Maybe that's how I'll finally get into red wine is just in COVID, where I'm like, well, oh. I can't taste it, so can't taste. There we go. Red wine and black coffee. Here you are, a whole there new girl. <laughs> So the first shock of the documentary and also of this story that we're investigating, it's, it happened when Jerry and Jen, Miss Tinder, went to India on their honeymoon in December of 2018. Very chic. If I had a small island, I would honeymoon there. But I guess that's kind Same. of like just like them going to like the classic restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, let's go somewhere different. Yeah. Like they're bored of the island. Right? They're like, oh my god, that old thing? Like, no. Um, So, nine days into the honeymoon, though, Jerry got sick and was driven to a private hospital and diagnosed with acute gastrotinitis. Gastroenteritis. Gastroenteritis. My brother's a doctor, not me. These are the big ones. (laughs) But what I do know is that he went into septic shock and had a heart attack. So, he was revived, and then his heart stopped again. And then he was confirmed dead a little more than 24 hours his stomach system started. So really kind of rapid deterioration, dramatic, very, very intense. The official death that they listed on the um, death report was, quote unquote, complications from Crohn's disease. No autopsy was requested. There was also yeah, a little odd. weirdness. Yeah, I'm like, why would they not just do that? And then uh, uh, there was also like a little weirdness that was going on following the death. Jerry's body was sent back to his hotel that they were staying at. And then he was sent out to be embalmed. But the 
Balmer wouldn't take a body from a hotel, so then they sent it to a medical college and had a staffer do the embalming. It literally, like, it, it, it sounds like like a Curb Your Enthusiasm skit. Almost oh in a dark God. way. Where it's Truly. like, they're just passing this body everywhere where I'm like, what the fuck is happening? That's so true. Although I, I will say, body mishaps can happen anywhere. Like, I, I know people who've just had to deal with, like, crazy things. Oh, but, God. And t- but like, still, the worst time you want to deal with any of that. Yeah. I mean, 100%. Also, because this all comes in because a lot of, of course, where does a lot of Bitcoin chat start? Or not start, but the Reddit threads love a Bitcoin. I was going to say Reddit. <laughs> Reddit loves a BC, and I'm not talking before Common Era. Uh, they love a Bitcoin. And then so people were finding all these details and kind of really diving in on it. And I would say I love how the documentary like did all the breakdowns with that. Jerry's name was misspelled on the death certificate. And the former chairman and managing director of the company that ran the hospital was convicted of financial fraud two months before. So the hospital had some That's not shady... a great sign for your hospital. <laughs> like, I'm going to say that much. Not, not a good sign. Jerry also wrote his will four days before his trip to India and had no oh provisions gosh. for all the, uh, quote-unquote, cold wallets, which are like the hard drives that held all of the cyber money the and everything like that. The cyber money. I love it. We're not financial experts. Oh, God, no. I just did my taxes. I was like, I hope. They're, they're somewhere. The mail is sent. Here's hoping. We'll see. Um, this is, and by the, just to comfort everybody, I, I sent the taxes I had to do. I, they, I, they're already done because I know when this comes out, that's the last stage of taxes. I'm all good. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, this is extremely unusual, though, not uh, having provision set for the cold wallets because it's unheard of in the Bitcoin world, the BCW, to not have any sort of a backup plan. Because if you're talking, if you I have mean, so yeah. much money on these things, hard drives to hard drives to cold drive, I don't even know. Like, you uh, can't have one guy hold the keys to the castle. No, like I don't care no. what industry you're in. Like, that, I mean, it's good job security, but that is not a good plan. <laughs> no, yeah. So with Bitcoin, you can't just, like, reset the password to your wallet. So if Right, you that's, like, the whole thing the about it. The money is gone. Like, it's not like you're like, it's it's uh, like, uh, the only thing I compare it to is like, if it's like, if you have a $5 bill and then you burn it, like that $5 bill is gone. If you lose the password, it is gone. Is burning money an offense? I don't even know. I'm not going to do it, but. No, you can no, burn a flag. Uh, no. I don't see why you can't burn money. I thought you can't burn a flag. No, you can. It's protected. Oh, okay. Speech. Oh, all right. Plans tonight. No. <laughs> all right, Plessy v. Ferguson. No, I'm yeah. pretty sure that's the wrong case. <laughs> you know, we're, we're here. It's not it, but it is, a, it is a famous Supreme Court case that I learned about in middle school. So there we go. Oh, okay. Well, Jersey, step the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> so Jerry, though, was the only person with access to all of the money and ran the whole company from his fucking laptop. Boy, didn't even have a desktop. That is also the all these wildest part. Like, just like some rinky-dink. I mean, I'm sure he, you know, modified it by himself and whatever, yeah. but just a laptop? This man is on the Starbucks public Wi-Fi? Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's ah. like, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, just truly, people can like peek over the shoulder. It. He claimed... There was a quote-unquote dead man switch, and certain family members would get his info if something happened to him, but that never materialized following his death. Yeah, that was there was no um, dead man switch. No, his death was announced on the company's Facebook 
page a month later. And in that time, the company was still accepting money, but refused to give out any. So they were just like piling it all in and in. That is never a good sign. They're like, oh, we'll take your money, but no, you're never getting it back. Like you can't get it right now. Oh, that's the, that's the, that's the gag. You're just like, yeah, that is not a good sign. (laughs) So back to this guy, Michael Patron. So once again, I'm getting in a Delby vibes. As you'll remember, Michael Patron was Jerry's business partner. So people who knew Michael said that he would tell different stories about his origin. Like he would say he was from Italy, India, Pakistan, um, London, Paris, maybe Tokyo as Hillary Duff uh, would say. Facts. Facts. Um, I also love that he's just kind of playing on like white people's ignorance of ethnicity. He's like, yeah, I could be Mediterranean or also from India. No. <laughs> like, you're like, here's a, a tan, like a slightly tan guy. <laughs> so he's smoking it. But he denied this to Vanity Fair saying, I'm not nationalistic, which is like, okay, dude, that's not the question. The question is, where are you from? <laughs> like, ASL, age, sex, location. Facts. Um, And he was also described as ostentatiously secretive, and he would make references to, get ready, a shady past and, quote, underworld connections. Oh, my God, Anthony Strange's energy. I was literally thinking that, where he's like, no, I know how to make dogs live forever. And, well, not, this isn't dog coin, but what's that, doge coin or something like that? That's given that to Exactly. Oh, my God. I just I feel like I know enough about the scammer playbook that I could become a scammer, but I don't have the confidence. So you guys were lucky. Oh, I don't have the confidence. I would want to make a Doja coin, though, when I'm like, no, you have money yes. to buy Doja she Cat do merch. She, should. she also is internet enough to make something like that happen. A hundred percent. All these ideas. Yeah, I'll DM her. She won't. We have it. great ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Michael also said that he was an advisor to Quadriga, which um, was not true. He was like the co-founder. He was on the the documents for like the original domain that was registered for Quadriga. So um, also, in fact, he and Jerry knew each other since 2003. And this is where it gets really interesting. And this is why I loved this documentary, because I feel like it was just twist after twist. Um, But so they actually met on a website for Ponzi schemes. You know, Bonding. Yeah, you know, some legitimate business opportunities. Um, And if you guys don't know, but I feel like you all know, but a Ponzi scheme is basically like someone, you solicit investors and you promise them like some absurd return, like you're going to get three times your money um, and then you collect people's money and you pay out returns from recruiting new people to the scheme and then eventually you just like cash out and disappear with the money. So, Boom. Boom. You know, so if anyone's looking, if there's any seniors in college looking for, you know, a career. No. Oh my <laughs> no, God. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's like, stay away from vector marketing. That's a, that's like more MLM. Do not knock on my door selling me knives. The, the gag is, I did that once for a friend. The knives were good, but like. I've heard cost. the knives are good, but I mean, I just, <laughs> you can't pay me enough to go. It's not worth it. It's not anything. worth it. It's not worth it. No. And I bought it before I knew that they, what they were, but yeah. That's fair. So Jerry became a member of this Ponzi scheme site when he was just 15. Like, oh, my God. Damn. And he and Michael would. Taylor Swift. Yeah. 
<laughs> he and Michael would pose regularly, and they this is so funny. It's like they even tried to scam each other. And Aww. yeah, I'm like, oh, scammer love story. <laughs> Cute. It's like when Harry met Sally. Oh no, yes. you've got mail. You've got scam. Yeah. Yeah. And Patron was 21 at the time. Jerry was 15. And he, Jerry launched his first Ponzi scheme, which was called SNS Investments, before he turned 16. So, honestly, Billy McFarland could never, like Billy McFarland wishes. Um, honestly, <laughs> I didn't know what a Ponzi scheme was when I was 16. So he really is ahead of the game. I would be like, the fo- yeah. Fonzie from Happy Days? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> With my icy hat on, I'm literally 65. Oh my god! Um, so this is how Jerry described the company. I'm afraid I'm not going to fill this section of the page with the usual bump, b u m p h, about um. how your returns are made. We do not invest in stocks, bonds, shares, precious metals, or antiques. All I will say is we will generate your return, and that we are not what is called a Ponzi or pyramid scheme. So this guy is like, yeah, I'm not going to invest your money in any of the things that you would think, but I swear I'm not a pyramid scheme and I'm not going to give you any information, but give me your money. That's my favorite. It's like, oh my God, guys, no, we're not like that. I'm like, no, but then that makes me think you are. It's not like someone's like, oh my God, I'm not going to scam you. I'm like, oh, good. I mean, he's literally out here saying that they're not investing in stocks, bonds, like anything like that. And what's there's nothing else left, I feel like, except pyramid schemes. Because at this point, like, crypto didn't exist, so... No! I don't even... Yeah, in 2000, yeah. I'm like, what is left to invest in? Like... I'm like, also, so, what was... How how intense was the internet then? I'm like, how did you even get things sent? I guess you I know, could, yeah. I was still trying to code my MySpace in this era, I think. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, because MySpace was like, oh, five or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So three months later, okay. Jerry cashed out with his client's money. Damn, fact. a 16-year-old. Yeah, casual. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you're literally investing in a guy who's saying, this is not a pyramid scheme, I'm going to give you like multiple times your return by not investing in stocks or bonds or precious metals, like, this is on you a little bit. Yeah, and also I'm like, okay, he probably, in the end, he probably almost was like telling the truth because he's like, I'm helping you make money because now you will never ever ever give your money away again so in the long run (laughs) jerry's like "Uh, but i taught you a valuable lesson (laughs) (laughs) the more Uh, you know my gosh so michael patron's real name was omar danani and he was previously arrested by the u.s secret service for participating Mm. in an online marketplace for stolen credit card information and Mm. forged documents okay not a good okay. time. The classic scams, just, you know, credit cards, IRL right. things, tangible things. I know, just low-key. Um, he was sentenced to 18 months in federal prison and was deported to Canada in 2007. And that's where he changed his name to Omar Patron and later Michael Patron. I've, like, all right, respect. The artist um, formerly known as Omar, yeah. Yeah, but Patron said of the name change to Vanity Fair, quote, Many who were born without white privilege, including nearly every Chinese person I've met in Vancouver, has anglicized their name. I was one of five non-whites working in capital markets in Vancouver. Mm. Okay. I feel like Chinese people are reading this like, why are you bringing our, like, keep our names out of your mouth? Like, what are you talking like, about? Why did, yeah, why did you, why did you include us into that? Like, convenient. Also, I've never, I've never met anyone with the last name Patron, P-A-T-R-Y-N. 
whatever. That I is. no, I just it's, it's making me think of Peyton, but that's not really anything. Yeah. Well, that's if Peyton Manning, so, but that's dude. a first name. So then, in two thousand eight, he started this business called Midas Gold, which that is not kind of, if you know the story of <laughs> not a good Midas because it's the Midas Touch. Yeah. So that's not really, you know, it's, yeah. The only Midas I trust is like that car repair company. I don't even know if I trust them. Yeah. And I trust them because I don't have a car. So do whatever you got to (laughs) do. Facts. (laughs) It doesn't affect me. (laughs) Yeah. I can't fight every, but no, I don't know. know. Uh, If you all have a Toyota, Toyota with caution. (laughs) Midas, I guess. I don't know. So which process payments for Liberty Reserve, all these company names, a company that was used by drug cartels, human traffickers, and child pornographers to launder money. No. So really, really reserving Liberty with like its name says. Oh my God. In its registration documents, one of the contacts info used is gerald.cotton at gmail.com. No. Hmm. I'm also like, these guys aren't using a burner account to do their illegal money laundering schemes. Also that, that not even like soccer chick 2000. You know no, what I mean? No, it's literally like, first name dot last name. Here I am for the crime at gmail.com. But I feel that was like the thing of like, even back then in 2008 and stuff like that, people were like, oh, no one's going to find me from my email address. Like, what? <laughs> and you're like it is your full name. Oh, my God. Um, in, so then in May 2013, Liberty Reserve was shut down by the feds, unsurprisingly, and it was the largest online money laundering case in U.S. history. To that wow. Point. I didn't know uh, that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So then in October 2013... Jerry posted on a site that marketed frauds and stolen goods that he was looking for, quote unquote, a program, a programmer who was familiar with Bitcoin to develop a website that would serve as an open marketplace, like a stock market, where people <laughs> buy and sell Bitcoin. So uh, Quadrigo CX went live less than three months later. So he found all the scams so he found aligned. His person, his uh, his pro- you know, his programmer. A shoe that clicks to his clack. Shout out to my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, oh my God. I thought uh, you just made that expression uh, up. No. Oh, where is a shoe that clicks to my clack? Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to YouTube that later. <laughs> what movie is uh, it? So no, uh, a Christmas store. No, a Christmas Carol. Cause it's the one with like mm. uh, future past, past, present, future. It's like Mr. And it's the animated one, and it's so good. Oh my god! Got it. And it's with Tiny Tim with a Wazzle Belly oh, dressing. Like, wow, oh. it's a classic. Okay, it's so good, so good. I mean, so no, <laughs> anybody's feeling Christmas in April. Cue that up. So, yeah. So the site went live three months later, and no later than 2015. Here's the here's the scam on top of the scam on top of the fraud on top of the twist on top of the everything. This is when also the cherry on top. I don't know why I didn't expect. Yeah, I didn't expect the the crypto on top. I didn't expect this to happen when it happened in the dock, and I don't know why I probably should have assumed it. Jerry started stealing clients' funds and created fake accounts to make it look like there was more trading going on than there was. So he would just be like, okay, money, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it, not really moving anybody's money around anywhere. And he filled those accounts with counterfeit Bitcoin. I don't get it. How... I'm sorry, but like to me, Bitcoin is like fake money. So how do you fake fake money? Like how? I wonder if you isn't it all? Do you just lime wire BB Rexa songs? Like I don't know what goes in there. Could you imagine you open up your account? What's supposed to be like two million dollars, and it's just like BB Rexa, right? (laughs) Just like all our albums. And like, listen, (laughs) I know that there's a blockchain and all these servers, but I'm like, 
I don't know, can't you just go into the code and like type some other lines of code to make it look like there's more like I don't, fake, fake I money. think my thing like if someone told me, "Oh my god, just go into the code and check your money." I'm like, "What?" That's fair. <laughs> but I guess if you're like in this business, you should kind of know that better. But he also rarely filed a personal tax return and when he did, he claimed he earned no money from his company, which is, that's, I will say, that's just, I feel like, what every rich person does who has a company, so, like... I mean, yeah, like, that. that is the ultimate uh, scam, or taxes. That's the ultimate scam. I'm like, I'm like, why I owe money? I'm like, I have student, and I, because I was like, I have student loans, why do I have to pay taxes? They're like, uh, that doesn't count. And I'm like, what? That's so rude. Oh that is so rude. I think because I did my taxes uh, wrong, but that's fine. No. Rather pay than get arrested. Um, he would give customers who complained the most like of their withdrawal sometimes in cash so basically he would just <laughs> there'd be festival people, energy because i guess like even though a lot and even like the one guy in the documentary who i feel bad for like a lot of people like put their life into this a lot of people who are super rich this is just one of their many accounts i'm sure so like they right. weren't complaining and checking in but the people who are like where's my money he would just try to give them as much as they can withdrawing hand them cash and be like okay that'll cool them off for a little bit yeah, and, I read in Vanity Fair that like it was literally giving like fire fire media payroll vibes, oh. where he would just be giving people like paper bags of cash, like if they fucking like, complained. Yeah, which is so. I'm like, you wouldn't be like the writings on the wall here, and he also had bad vegan energy of our guy because didn't he, he gambled so much of the money? That's what he was doing. Ah, uh, yes. Just, they they did mention that in the doc. I'm um, just like, bro, put it under oh, your gosh. mattress. Like you'll have a better return. You could light some of it on fire, and I think still have a better return <laughs> than if you're fucking no. gambling. Literally. So after his death, Jerry should have had. More, like about $200 million in the cold wallets, but didn't. He transferred it to personal accounts and emptied some of those accounts. So basically so many people just never got their cash. And it kind of remains, people are, the open-endedness of it is that people were like, did he really die? Yes. Did his new wife have anything to do with it? Did third parties have anything to do with it? Sarah, yeah. what was your thought on it all? Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. I could see him still being alive. I don't think that he got a bunch of plastic surgery. That's a little absurd. He's like a generic looking white guy. Like, I don't uh, think that he needs no, exactly. it to blend in. I don't know. I could see him being dead. I could see him being alive and it all being an exit scheme because I think even if he didn't die, like, that was his plan all along. That's true. Like, he was definitely I... going to cash out and run away with all the money at some point i guess the question is like did karma actually get him and did he really die i don't i don't know Ooh, i kind of i don't I, i'm curious if like someone because it's one of those things where it is just like no this guy could it couldn't just be this simple i'm like someone had to have like poisoned him and it's hard because there's no up top to see but right. they even confirmed like that was the body everything like that where they said they confirmed everything they uh, did, it might just but be an like, open shot. But like this journalist like just went to India and spoke to this doctor. And I'm like, as someone who's had friends pose for references for jobs before, like I'm not super <laughs> convinced. Like I, I'm sure the true. journalist did his due diligence and everything, but I'm like, I'm not convinced by one doctor. And what I really didn't like was like, and I think a lot of true crime documentaries have been doing this where they sort of like 
they flip the blame onto like the sort of true crime community or just like spectators. Oh, yeah. Where like at the end they kind of go they and like they they blame like internet sleuth and they say like well you know if they exhumed his body some people would say that they got a body double and if we tested his DNA people would say that we paid off the DNA tester and I'm like yeah that's true but there's also plenty of people who would be convinced by you doing like something more than like talking to one guy <laughs> like I just no exactly you know, and also I'm like okay this one journalist I'm like. Let's check his direct deposits. Later. I mean, I'm also like, you don't, you don't get to spend like a whole like hour or half an hour making this death seem suspicious and bringing up all the ways yeah. in which it is suspicious and then turning it back on people and being like, oh no, well you guys are the conspiracy theorists and it's like, and nothing that we do would convince you like, well, you just <laughs> sp- like took all this time bringing up all and these also, conspiracy who- theories. What the hell? That's the thing. It's like, who do you think is watching this doc? <laughs> yeah. You're making a doc for the internet sleuths and everything like that for people to be interested and start a conversation about it. So know your audience, know the audience, and give the audience what they want. No, that was annoying. That, that, that annoys me. And they do that in the Jimmy Savile documentary, too, where they're like, they blame the public oh, for yeah. making him into, like, the, the figure that he was. And it's just like, That's well... Like, but no one knew... Yeah, it's like, again, well, the police weren't doing their jobs correctly to encourage the victims to come forward. The journalists were, like, not probing hard enough. And so, yeah. oh, oh, but it's the public's fault? Like, <laughs> It's like, you're like, you. it's the nature of celebrity where people are like, you don't know what he, no one knows him besides the people that could investigate him. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you'd asked me, even like a week before the Army Hammer allegations, if I thought he was a cannibal... I would say, like, uh, no, nobody, I don't think no. anyone could have known that, even, like, the most online, maybe the most online of people, but I think, like, any member of the general public would never think that in a million years. So, like, to turn no, around and blame all. the public for not knowing what they don't know, that really bothered me. But whatever. It re- No, that, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, well, we don't, we only know him as a celeb, like, no, exactly. So, I don't know. the moral of the story is everybody listening to this podcast, and me and Sarah, are perfect and flawless, and everybody else fucking sucks and gaslights us. So there we go. Yes. Uh, Also, I, there is like a, Jerry's wife did write uh, a piece about, like in response to all the rumors that like she killed him. All the rumors. Or like she had something to do with the Bitcoin and all that stuff. So um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like pretty easily. uh, Oh, I thought you said, okay, I, I mixed up because I was like, Jimmy's wife? What? No, Jerry's he never wife. had a wife. Yes, that yes, was yes. his whole thing. I was yeah. like, no, he never had a I was like, I was like, I watched the wrong documentary. Right. No, Jerry's wife did. Oh, because she was targeted so much and it was so insane. So yeah. 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 People thought, well, people like went really far into her past and like, again, accused her of killing him. But, but the best was like, I she changed know. her name. She was married once before then got divorced. Yeah. <laughs> They were like, what is this? And they're like, oh, hey. She's like, thanks for bringing out my failed marriage. I could see him being alive, but if he's not, I think that would be like the most, almost, it would just be like the craziest instance of karma getting you, you know? I mean, a a quote that is big in my friend group is when you hear hooves, think horses, not zebra sometimes. So if it seems like. (laughs) I'm like, did I just wake up from a fever My Wi-Fi cuts out. (laughs) <laughs> you're like you're like is that the covid medication when yeah. you hear hooves think horses not oh. zebras because the first thing you would think is like 
oh, is that a bunch of horses? You won't go like, is that a camel? And is that a bit when you're like, no, I'm in like Jersey. Uh, like what? Okay. Yeah. So it's like, so kind of like sometimes the, most, the thing you're thinking. What, yes. So it's ah. like sometimes it's just the obvious answer. I could. Yeah, I could see Boom. that. I mean, it really could have. That's good dating advice. That's thing. good crypto advice. That's just sometimes a good thing to think. You know, it's also good crypto advice. I say that as I only spiral about things. So take that. It doesn't help me, but. (laughs) I feel like also good crypto advice is like diversify because I felt bad for the guy in the documentary who lost all of his money money twice, twice. But I was like, bro, you put $400,000 into like you're you put your whole life into Bitcoin. Yeah. the Yeah. The only time I didn't feel bad for him is when I saw what his apartment looked like and it was cute. And then he was like, I had 400 grand. I was like, what? (laughs) But I right. did feel so, so bad. for That was so sad. No, I know. I felt bad for him. But even he kind of admits he was like, I was kind of doing these get rich quick schemes. And like, oh, I do. He feel admitted so that he was greedy. And I was like, fired. no, I know. And that's a man who went to therapy because he's like, I can admit I was greedy. I was like, God, oh, I know. what's guy. your what's your handle? <laughs> what's know. your hand? Right. Uh but uh, yeah, let us know what you guys think about the dog and like we can have a little like uh, thread theories and everything like that going on in Not Another True Crime group. Yes. Uh, also send any DMs and everything like that to Not Another True Crime. Also for more episode suggestions because we got to, we love the documentaries and we love like the news updates. So that's kind of like where, we're, where our head is at. Let us know if that is where y'all's head is at. And like Sarah said, we have the live show June 5th in Brooklyn. Don't it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. I just I I'm so 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 excited. So I hope to see so many of you there. Yes, and again, if you want tickets, it's betches.co slash natc live. So buy tickets. Yay! Um, just come out. We'll hang out. It's gonna be really fun. Yay! It's gonna be so much fun. And me and Sarah are gonna be probably promoting it way too much on our Instagram. Yes. So you can follow us for that and more things. I am at Casher Danny Casher with a K. I'm Sarah Lameem. And thanks again for listening to this slightly chaotic episode. And we will be back next week. Not Another True Crime Podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico and Sean Kilby. Our hosts are Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at NATC Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.